Welcome in to Remembering the Voice as we honor a dear friend of ours, Jeff Charles. Uh, what a legend. And uh, Bubba Rosenbaum, a uh, tough show for us to do tonight, but we felt like that we honor a dear friend of ours, somebody I've known uh, all the way since uh, really started working with him, 1996. But when he came in, I was telling Stan in the green room, I was 15 years old. I had a permit by that point, but not a driver's license. 35 years, half of his life spent in Greenville being Jeff Charles. So we, uh, we're so honored to have him half of his life and uh, just uh, it's been still a shock. It's been a few days. So we're still very shocked losing such a legend. And uh, we're going to remember him tonight and maybe a couple other shows. But Bubba, great for, I'm grateful for you to put the show together, as always, with a lot of great uh, friends and people that knew Jeff. Yeah, total disbelief when I received the word on Friday evening. And uh, like you said, so many excellent memories of uh, so many tremendous calls going back to my childhood. And I uh, really look forward to uh, talking about some of those and getting the perspective of uh, a lot of Jeff's colleagues and uh, co-workers, uh, you know, right there within uh, the Pirate Sports Network tonight. No doubt. And uh, with us right now, what a legend. I mean, a guy from Wake Forest play-by-play, play, uh, Stan Cotton. Stan, welcome into the show. I was just telling you, uh, your basketball team looking pretty good, obviously the football team. We love talking to you about Wake Forest and a tough night tonight for us, but uh, thanks for coming on and helping us to remember the voice. You bet. It's, uh, you know, it's it's still hard for many of us, I'm sure most of us, to believe that that Jeff's gone, and and uh, but I'm, I'm happy to... Uh, to talk and reminisce a little bit tonight. Uh, my pleasure. And thanks for asking. Can you tell us how you met the voice or your first memory of the voice? Wow. That, uh, I, I don't even know if I can pinpoint it. I, you know, I got here in, uh, it's a good marker for me. My, my first year in Winston-Salem was Tim Duncan's senior year. Okay. So that was, uh, 1996, 97. Right. I think we played East Carolina pretty quickly after that. Uh, in, in both football and basketball, you know, we haven't played the Pirates in, in a long, long time. Uh, so I think it was around 97, 98, somewhere in that range uh, that I met uh, Jeff and instantly liked him. I mean, he's, he's such a uh, – and, and I tweeted this out the night that, that I found out that, that, that Jeff died. He was a terrific broadcaster. I mean, that goes without saying, but he was such a wonderful person. Uh, and I just remember him being so friendly, uh, so welcoming to, to the North Carolina, if you will, family of, of broadcasters. And uh, he, he's one of those guys, you know, that, that was just so easy to know uh, and, and easy to like, and you didn't have to be around him very long to feel like you've known him for a long time. He, he's one of those, maybe that was, it, it, it's his Midwestern roots. I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, we hadn't played East Carolina. I think it's, it's been 13, 14, 15 years, something like that. So I haven't seen Jeff as much as I used to, um, been on his radio show, uh, a few times, talked to him on the phone, uh, uh a couple of times when, when he was battling uh, cancer and, uh, and it, you know, it's just, it's, it hardly seems fair, you know, that, that, that he beats cancer twice, uh, uh, and, and then has his, his life cut short 
uh, this way. But uh, but he just, you know, I, I just think of Jeff and smile. I, he just he's just one of those guys that, uh, again, I, I think the best way I can describe it is yeah, I wasn't around him all that much over these years. But each time I was, it was we kind of picked up where we left off uh, the year before or two years before. And it and it felt like I really knew him very, very well, even though I, I didn't know him all that well personally. Most of it was professionally. Um, ran into him a couple of times in, in uh, Salisbury. Um, but uh, uh, just one of those guys that, uh, you know, certainly loved what he did and was loved by those who uh, listened to him and, and followed to him. And, and my heart goes out first and foremost to his family. Uh, but then secondly, to the East Carolina family, which is obviously very large. And, and uh, I can't imagine, you know, what they're feeling right now. I wanted to ask you that question about, about the, it's kind of like a fraternity, Sam, for you guys being play-by-play voices. If everybody could do it, there'd be thousands of them out there. Um, but the fact that you represent, like I was talking about Wake Forest and you had back in the day, you have Woody Durham, Bob Harris, you know, you could start naming all the guys that are legendary. And one of the questions I have for you is you've been there at Wake Forest a long time. Will there be the Stan Cottons of the world that will there be the Jeff Charles's of the world that stay at a school for so long or so loyal? Like when I hear your voice, I know it's Wake Forest. Hmm. It's a great question. Uh, you know, media is changing so much um, that, and I don't know that that necessarily means that that schools won't have voices. I guess they probably will. It's just that the way we distribute the audio, you know, it's like you're really not the radio announcer anymore. You're the audio announcer because there's so many different ways to put the audio out there, not, not just a radio station. So, um, but I don't know that I have the answer to that. I guess kind of my my knee-jerk reaction would be yes, at, at, at schools like East Carolina and Wake and others um, where the fan bases are so rabid and so loyal that you're going to – now, television has changed, certainly. Uh, almost all the games you can find a way to watch a game, whether it's on a, you know, a laptop or a phone or – television you can find a way nowadays to to watch most games but there's still something um magical about radio slash audio and you and i were talking about it in the green green room earlier um but you can't always have your phone uh, wherever you are and you know it's it's not safe uh, for instance to to you know, be driving down the road and trying to watch a game on your phone mm-hmm. much easier to listen to an app right and certainly much safer so uh, I think guys like me and, and Jeff will always be around uh, and, and that job will always be there for most of these schools. And, and uh, it, it, it beats chopping wood for a living. I can promise you that. So I think when you get one of these jobs, if you can dig your uh, fingernails in and hang on to it, uh, you know, there'll be guys who will want to do this uh, uh, year after year and decade after decade, just like they have since, uh, since radio began. Stan, a few minutes ago you referenced Salisbury. Uh, obviously, the um, the reason I'm sure that you guys were in Salisbury is for the awards, and um, that's something that you and Jeff had in common. Um, the NSSA North Carolina Sportscaster of the Year. Uh, you were a recipient, I believe, four times at least, and uh, and he won, I believe, two. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was I've been fortunate to to win it this past year for a sixth time, and um, it, it's I can't tell you how many times I nominated and voted for Jeff Charles, uh, and and it, it, the, the the process comes around, you know, right around Christmas time every year, and you start thinking, okay, um, who who are the broadcasters that that really get it, that get what a play-by-play announcer is all about not that play-by-play announcers are the only ones nominated and win, winning this award that's not the case but i when i first start thinking of folks i want to nominate i start thinking about play-by-play guys first um and he was always right there at the top of the list um he is uh, uh such a skill was a skilled broadcaster uh just he he knew uh the the ins and outs the best way to paint a picture and of course his painted purple will uh live forever in, in my view at east carolina it certainly should um but he was just one of the best uh always year after year after year after year i know he was 70 years old but he he sounded like he was 30 you know he just was always the same his voice really never changed and and you certainly knew when you turned on the radio or, or clicked on the app on your phone, when you heard Jeff's voice, you knew it was Jeff and you knew it was East Carolina. Uh, and you knew he was going to give it everything he had, win, lose or draw. Um, and that's what was so to me, at least um, it was just so uh, prevalent with him. You knew that every night, he was going to bring it, whether or not the Pirates did in football or basketball or baseball, whatever. Uh, Jeff Charles was going to bring it. And that's why I think he was so good uh, for so long and, and so loved by not just East Carolina fans, but anybody riding around that could pick up uh, uh, the radio signal or, or the broadcast. You, you know, he was one of those uh, broadcasters that you just, hey, this guy's pretty good to listen to. He, uh, you know, he's he's painting this picture for me. And I, I can enjoy this game whether I know anything about East Carolina uh, or not. Very quick follow up about uh, you can paint this one purple. Um, I actually, uh, you know, like your tweet that you had uh, in reference to you can paint this one purple. Um, on social media and when you guys were playing, I believe it was Georgia tech over the weekend. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought that was first class. Well, I, I, it just, that's just Jeff. Right. And, and I think all of us uh, who uh, knew Jeff knew about Jeff certainly knew that phrase painted purple. And uh, at the end, and, and Mark Freidinger, my, my uh, color analyst in basketball, we, we talked about Jeff, uh, at the first media timeout, and we talked uh, a little bit about him and and you know the the impact that that he had on on us professionally and also uh, obviously broadcasting. And then at the end of the game, we talked about you know painting it purple for Jeff, win, lose, or draw. Uh, but uh, that was kind of our way to uh, tip our cap to to our friend and uh, our colleague and to the Pirate Nation who uh, who lost an icon, no question. One of the things, Stan, that uh, I was thinking about on Saturday at two o'clock when we were supposed to play Tulane is you can always count on you guys. You know, like if you know what time the game is coming on, the pregame time, you know what time that tip off is, the kickoff is. 
And it was just really surreal. Like when you always can count on that guy, you can count on that crew. I know you guys have a great crew. The same thing with, uh, with, with us, with the pirates. It was one of those things that was very surreal because we're so used to for so many years, 35 years that we could hear Jeff Charles like announce pirate games. And then I literally was at my parents' house and there's a clock and I looked up, it was exactly two o'clock. And I was like, my, sh I just felt like a, like a whole bunch of weight on me because I was expecting to hear Jeff. And that was the first time I wouldn't hear him. Yeah. And, and, and I, it'll probably be like that for a while, you know, because um, three decades, three plus decades of, of his voice being synonymous with East Carolina and regardless who comes after uh, who the next voice is uh, probably the next announcer is, I think Jeff will always be the voice of the pirates, right? Uh, he, he, yep. he, he should be, but whoever this next person is, um, it's going to be obviously very difficult for for whoever that person is, um, and I'm sure the East Carolina folks will will welcome him or her uh, in. Um, but I, it, it'll take a while for all of us uh, when we listen to an East Carolina game and don't hear Jeff's voice, um, because it's just that's that's East Carolina, and so it'll take a while. Um, but uh, eventually. We'll, 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 you know, like anything else, we'll, we'll begin to fondly remember Jeff and what he used to do. And, and thankfully, the recordings of his will play on forever. Uh, we're we're going to hear Paint It Purple for the rest of our lives. And, uh, but it's just, you know, it's a grieving process for all of us and certainly for um, the East Carolina fan base. Um, and it, it'll, it's going to be tough. I mean, it, 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 it certainly will be the rest of this basketball season and, and baseball season, even when the fall comes around next year. And I think, I, I know there'll be more tributes to him and there certainly should be. Um, but it'll, it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. It really is. No doubt. Stan, uh, thank you so much. By the way, before we let you go, how can people listen to, uh, Wake Forest basketball, and I know football, you know, with the team you have right now, it's great to be able to hear you guys. Well, the easiest way, honestly, anymore is via one of two apps for us, the Wake Forest Game Day app or the Varsity app, which right. is uh, put together by Learfield, and you can listen to almost everybody across the country. So those apps are free. People listen to us all around the world, uh, and that's probably the easiest way for anybody uh, across the country to listen to Wake Forest football and basketball. And no doubt, Stan, thank you so much for giving us time here to remember the voice. We appreciate your work, all that you do at Wake Forest and Winston-Salem. And hopefully next time we talk to you, we'll be talking about good things about mm. the Demon Deacons and the Pirates. You bet. Thank you very much. You guys hang in there and uh, let's paint one purple again. Absolutely. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Good night. Bye-bye. Well, as we're remembering Jeff Charles, the voice, we welcome in Kyle from LaGrange Barber and uh, Bubba, we have, I know, a very close friend of The Voice. Yeah, not only um, did these two know each other from uh, all those years that the Thundering Herd and the, the Pirates of East Carolina were in the same conference um, and competitors on the gridiron as well as the basketball court, but um, these guys were friends off the, or, or you know, away from the booth as well. 
Uh, welcome in now the voice of the Marshall Thundering Herd, Steve Cotton. Steve, we appreciate your time this evening. Well, I am uh, pleased to be one of the folks who can talk a little bit about a great man, great broadcaster and Jeff. No question, Steve. Thank you so much for coming on. It's uh, been very difficult, as you know, being a, you're very close to him. And uh, the shock uh, for this has been, you know, I think uh, I found out Friday night, seven o'clock hour, something like that. And it's still hard to process. You know, the last few days has been difficult. I have a lot of people that knew that I knew him. We were not close friends, but, you know, as far as the media he put up with me. He would smile at me when I would say it, but I was a young 23 year old when I first met him, very green to broadcasting. And I used to do his show and I'll tell the story one time. Um, I'll never forget the, the, we had one of the best defensive players we've ever had, Danny Kepley. And the phone system we had was kind of quirky on like to add in callers and that sort of thing. And I accidentally, Jeff is doing his show from the booth. And I accidentally hung up on him, on Danny Kepley, our guest. And I just felt like uh, so bad because I love Jeff so much. And I thought he would be coming through the glass. I was in Studio B. He's in Studio A. He was so cool, so calm, so collected. If that had been any other announcer, a lot of announcers, they would have killed me. But Jeff was always that guy that really was so cool. Like just that. He never lost his cool. I never saw him angry at anyone and um, for radio and broadcasting. <laughs> um, that's a huge feat, but that's one of the things I always remember about Jeff. Jeff was a radio guy. Now it ended up being in sports. He loves sports as well, but if it hadn't been that, I think Jeff would have been very good at news or at music or whatever. And it was all about the local stuff. He, he it was uh a guy who would, and we got to know each other, like you said earlier, uh, away from the field. We both spend a good part of our summers in northern Michigan. And so we would every year get together at least once, but often multiple times. And he would take me by the radio station in Sheboygan, Michigan, up on Lake Huron. And uh, because he had stopped in and gotten to know the radio people there. So it ended up being a blessing for a lot of us, including uh, all of the pirate nation that he got into the sport of it, but radio was what he loved. Steve, you mentioned spending time with the Northern Michigan, um, obviously Jeff, an Ohio guy, Midwestern guy originally liked the vacation in Northern Michigan during the summer. Uh, over the last two couple of years there, um, he had gotten into promoting some indie wrestling up there in uh, Northern Michigan. Did you take part of any, did you watch any of Jeff Charles promoted wrestling? I did not get to actually go to an event, but he kept me updated on all of it. And some of the uh, conversations that I will uh, cherish the most with Jeff were about big time wrestling back in the day, the 1960s oh, yeah. and 1960s. He would just enjoy so much talking about Bobo Brazil and Haystacks Calhoun. I uh, went flipping back through my phone. Uh, lying in bed, couldn't go to sleep Friday night after getting the news through our uh, text conversations. And we had been texting back and forth Friday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, it was not a daily thing, but certainly a few times a week that we did that, just keeping up with one another as our respective seasons went along. 
But uh, now, big time wrestling was that was the Detroit territory that the Sheik promoted, right? Oh yes, very much. And, and so I was flipping through the pictures, and last summer he sent me a picture of himself standing in front of the Sheik's old mansion in ah. uh, a little town in Michigan. He he went and looked it up because uh, that was so much fun for him. And yeah, like you mentioned, he promoted. Uh, events up there, wrestling events. Uh, there's a, a hockey arena in Sheboygan, Michigan. He put on the wrestling and he sold it out. And uh, just the sponsorships were gone in a heartbeat. And he just had a blast with that. He never rested. That was on vacation that he did this kind of thing. And he was also uh, not too far from where I am, Huntington, West Virginia, is Portsmouth, Ohio. And he was putting together a group of people to potentially put a college wood bat baseball team in Portsmouth. Yep, I remember hearing and, him talk about that. Yep. Uh, there's an old stadium there, Branch Rickey Stadium, and he thought it was such a shame that that was falling into disrepair. A guy named after uh, one of the all-time baseball greats and the, the man who uh, signed Jackie Robinson and right. uh, broke uh, the Major League's color barrier it really bothered him that this stadium had uh, was basically falling apart and he wanted to come up with a way. And they were, they were working through with a bunch of people trying to get funding to rebuild the stadium and put a, like I said, a college wood bat team there. That's the kind of stuff he did on his downtime, let alone his uh, full-time broadcasting positions. Yeah. The one thing about Jeff that, that, you know, I think, uh, if you, if you didn't dive into him personally, if you just knew him from calling football and basketball, you know, the fact that he loved riding his motorcycle, um, he, uh, he, he loved wrestling. And I, one of the things I always loved about Jeff, I also have a passion for professional wrestling. And despite how big Jeff got, he was never ashamed to admit that he liked wrestling. And I always respected that about him. And, and interesting dude, you know, he loved to prom- I think he was really starting to get into promoting, like you said about the baseball. Um, he loved the promoting the wrestling. I think he was going to try to, like I had heard him talk about that, get that wood bat baseball team going. And, um, hopefully people will still fall, follow through with it. now that Jeff's gone, but, um, what are, is there any memories besides, obviously you, you spent in personal time with them in, in Northern Michigan. Is there any, you know, did you guys during, you know, Marshall and East Carolina played some classic games. They always do. Uh, the last one up in Huntington was excellent more so for the pirates than the herd. But it was still a good game. Did, did you guys, you know, what was the conversations like between two broadcasters uh, after a, a big East Carolina Marshall game? Did y'all talk about the games with each other or, or you know, or, or was it more just talk about your families and that kind of thing? We certainly talked about the games. In fact, I met Jeff on the day of the 2001 GMAC Bowl in Mobile, oh, Alabama. And uh, not uh, in that a very good memory for the Pirate fans, but (laughs) certainly a classic game, you know, the Marshall coming back from down 30 at halftime. And so we went back and talked about that game and the way we met uh, just dozens of times over the years. And, you know, one of us or the other would get in a little jab about uh, whoever had won the most recent meeting and that kind of thing. We had all of those uh, years in Conference USA together where we would play, you know, multiple times a year. And and that's where we also got to talk with one another and learn about uh, us both spending a good part of the summer in northern Michigan and everything just kind of blossomed as a friendship from that point on. Steve, you were talking about the 
the and you and Kyle were talking about the indie promotion. He uh, the last conversation I had with him was media day right before this uh, the twenty two season of football, and he sat down and we were talking about wrestling and I asked him about the promotion and he was even talking about I hate that it didn't happen, but he was even talking about trying to maybe do something in Greenville um, and never like obviously went anywhere. But I know Jeff if he wanted to do something he wanted to do it 100 he wanted to do it right he was very good with details and uh, that's why he was so successful for so many years and i just hate that uh, i'm glad i got a chance to talk to him a long time that day before media day started and um just hate that it ended this way because there's a lot of people that i know would love to we were dreading the fact that we knew at some point he would retire um and that was something that we didn't want to even contemplate and so now we we have a different, uh, I guess, end of the movie, so to speak. And I'm just glad that you're on with us tonight. I hate it's under these circumstances, but I appreciate uh, you coming on and talking to us about uh, the voice and to help us remember the voice. Oh, certainly glad to do it. Uh, yeah, I've talked about texting with him even Friday, but Thursday night, wow. the way he uh, kept up with everybody, Marshall played a game at Coastal Carolina, and at halftime, I got a text from him that said, the herd has it under control. I'm ditching you. I'm switching over to one of our mutual friends, John Cox, the uh, radio man at Southern Miss. Said they have a big game with Louisiana. So uh, you guys finish it off. I'm going to go uh, listen to Cox. And John got the text after his game from Jeff. Great job. Listen to the whole thing. Sounded great. And that was just Jeff constantly checking in with his friends. And uh, like I said, loved radio. and. Uh, uh, loyal friend that uh boy I'm, I'm going to miss getting those texts all the time that's for sure you know you talk about jeff being a loyal friend um, and i hope i hope brian medor doesn't mind me sharing this but uh brian medor i don't know if you know brian from east carolina or not but uh what works for the university was in broadcasting for a while great guy and uh you know brian talked was talking to me friday night about what a good friend jeff was uh brian medor lost his wife to cancer and uh he said within two hours of his wife's passing jeff was in his living room it was just kind of mad Jeff was. He was a stand-up guy. If he was your friend, he cared about you. You know, I, I don't mind saying this, you know, from a personal note. Um, I was diagnosed with colon cancer back this past summer, and Jeff reached out to me in August and gave me a lot of advice and uh, had a long conversation about, you know, what to expect. And, then, you know, he um amazing man. You know, he battled colon cancer in 2013, came back in 16 at stage four in his lungs, and colon, of course, he had the mistletoe therapy. And, uh, you know, when you're stage four, you're stage four for forever. They, they never will say your cancer, the cancer is gone. You're, you're stage four NED for the rest of your life. And uh, the fact that he was beating colon cancer, he was beating stage, you know, you, you diagnosed 2016 with stage four, you don't even get chemo. You go with mistletoe therapy and an alternative treatment. And he lived it and he, you know, he promoted mistletoe therapy and it was working well for him. And, uh, it's just amazing. You, you never know when your time's up. He, he battled colon cancer for two different times and a freaking heart attack gets him a, a physical specimen. Jeff was of you broadcasting guys. You guys are more like me, not, not, not physical specimens. And, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff, even at 70 years old, like he could whip a lot of men's asses and, uh, always ate good, always took care of himself. And it's amazing for a guy that took such care of himself you know, to have colon cancer twice, to have a heart attack. It just it just goes to show sometimes no matter what you do, you do everything right, and it just, you know, something's going to get you. 
that's certainly the case. And what stands out to me from uh, what you just mentioned, though, was whoever you were, a friend of his, when something was going bad, he was there. He was calling. He was uh, keeping in touch. He was encouraging. And, you know, we are not unique in this. There are, I, I have no idea how many dozens of people who can tell that same story that he was there for him in the tough times. We talked about the summer uh, league baseball team. I know something that you had the opportunity to do with Jeff, at least a time or few, uh, was attend Cincinnati Reds games. Um, obviously not all that far from, from Huntington. And um, Jeff, being a, an Ohio native, uh, he, he loved the Reds. Um, talk about those experiences. Well, we, uh, we, we would go to – Traverse City Pit Spitters games together in northern Michigan, or he loved the uh, ballpark in Midland for the Great Lakes Loons, or we would get to he loved concerts and festivals, uh, you know, music or art. Uh, he enjoyed going to with uh, Debbie, uh, such an artistic uh, person. Uh, so we would get together who knows where up there and just uh, have such a good time, enjoyable people. And uh, I'm, you know, it stings for all of us, but uh, I also say, boy, I am lucky and blessed that I got to spend a lot of time with Jeff Charles. No doubt. Um, it, when, when did you find out about his passing? I'm assuming Friday night. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know all the timing, but I think I learned pretty quickly because someone at East Carolina almost immediately after they found out called Mike Hamrick, who had been the uh, athletic director there. And then later here at Marshall and Mike immediately called me since he knew that Jeff and I were tight. So, uh, I got the call. Like I said, we'd been texting maybe three hours before I got the call. Wow. And, uh, he had, they had flown into new Orleans and, uh, he was reading a, Lindy's baseball magazine, and he landed to tell me how bad my Detroit Tigers were going to be, according to Lindy's. <laughs> you know, and, and you talk about him, him him flying and landing, and you hate to speculate anything at this point, but you know, you you never know. I I, I wonder, you know, because I said about this physical shape he was in. You know, sometimes airplanes and air pressure can do things with blood clots, and you know, you, you never know what caused the heart attack. We I, I don't know that we'll ever know, but it is something I thought about. And, uh, you know, flying, uh, it can cause weird things in your body with blood clots and things. So just, just something I had thought about. Yeah. And, uh, whatever it is, uh, I guess at that point it doesn't matter, but like I said, uh, trying to, to think about all the good things and, and the things I would not have had if I hadn't known Jeff. No doubt, Steve. And by the way, uh, the next time I feel like we'll talk to you would be, um, in the summertime as we get ready. I know Marshall and East Carolina played together uh, in September. I wish that it would be like you, me, and the voice, or I'm sorry, the Gefellas of the voice and you uh, getting ready for that game. But uh, certainly I know that's going to be a big game in Greenville. I believe it's the second week uh, weekend of the season. Yeah, and uh, he was already uh, had been telling me, oh, I can't wait till you come here. The the I've not been there since the uh, new tower construction oh, and all that yeah. kind of thing. So he was looking forward to giving me the tour. I, I don't ever remember playing you guys in Greenville in early September. Obviously, it's non-conference now. I know we played in early September. 
in Huntington, um, the last non-conference game. But uh, when it was conference play, it was always October and November. So it was interesting to have you guys coming in early September. And a non a non Jeff Charles related topic. Um, uh, how's the baseball stadium coming? I know you guys are building one. Are you done with it? It's still being built. It's not finished. It's uh, just begun. But there's a a live camera on it, and I go look at that. Even my office is a couple blocks away, but I go keep an eye on that camera. And uh, they've got all the footings poured and uh, construction's underway. And it's an aggressive project, but they hope and intend, unless uh, weather turns terrible or something, to be playing there next season. Wow. So a a year from now, we are probably uh, looking at a brand shiny new ballpark. Long overdue, you guys, for years. You know, I had to play in Charleston, uh, other places, maybe Bluefield. I don't remember exactly. It was all over the place. Yeah, Beckley, um, Charleston. Uh, who knows how many yeah. different high school fields in the region we played a game or two on. Yeah, so long overdue. Glad to see that happening for the Thunder and Herd. And uh, you were at a good baseball league in Conference USA. I don't know that the Sun Belt it might even be better with, uh, with, with Southern Miss coming in along with you guys, Old Dominion, plus national champion in the past, Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, Georgia Southern. South Alabama, it is a stacked baseball league. So uh, you better you, you better have nice facilities, and uh, if not, you're going to get left behind. Yeah, it's a stout conference, no doubt. And now with the ballpark, Marshall has a much better chance to compete consistently. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. No doubt. And Steve, before we let you go, how can people hear your great work for what the Thundering Herd for Marshall? Uh, the Herd Zone Game Day app and also the Varsity Network are pretty much the uh, easiest places for people to check in. All right, we'll be checking back with you, like I said, in the summertime. Uh, definitely getting ready for the big game in September. Thank you so much. I know that's hard for you. I, I can't imagine being uh, such a close friend losing Jeff, but he was so great to all of us in the media and the Empire Nation. So thank you so much for spending time tonight to remember the voice. You're certainly welcome. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good night. I appreciate Steve Cotton. And of course, we're remembering the voice. If you have something you want to put in on uh, Facebook or YouTube, people watching live now, you can do so in the comments section. And uh, Kyle, Bubba, this has been really hard for all of us. I know, Kyle, you and I have a similar situation in that we're not like Bubba Rosenbaum, who was born in as a pirate. And one of the reasons why I became a pirate is because I listened to someone who I admire their work, and that's Jeff Charles. He's uh, the reason why I love radio so much, the play-by-play, and, of course, with um, East Carolina, his painting the picture like he did when I was, as I said early in the broadcast, at 15 years old, was how I got hooked on the Pirates and the football team and obviously basketball and baseball. But uh, certainly it's just uh, really hard, man, to say that we're remembering the voice and – I thought it was going to be about retirement, not about this way. Yeah, you know, you, you look at a man who I stated before had beaten colon cancer twice, and you, you think, you know, this dude, he takes great care of himself, he eats right. And having him, He's one of the last people I would have ever thought of having a heart attack. And uh, I look at the mirror every day, and I'm like, man, you know, I could have a heart attack any day now, and then somebody in great shape like Jeff. But you mentioned listening to him and becoming a fan, uh, you know, I've stated before I became a fan of East Carolina during the South Carolina game in 1994. And uh, Jeff did the TV broadcast of that game along with mm-hmm. Cliff Stout and Brian Bailey. So uh, I also became a fan of East Carolina. Listen to Jeff Charles. Don't know East Carolina without Jeff Charles. Um, it's um, it's going to be surreal 
particularly come, you know, baseball. He didn't call very many baseball games, but uh, listening to basketball, particularly when it comes to football season, thinking about all the great calls Jeff had this past year, the BYU game, the Memphis game come to mind. Um, and, and just hearing his voice after a, a, a made field goal at the end or a touchdown at the end or a pick six at the, or a pick at the end, whatever, you know, a big ending. And uh, the excitement in his voice, and you could paint this one purple. I, I really would like um, for us to take an audio clip of him saying, you can paint this one purple and play that at the end of each East Carolina victory. Um, I think that would be a cool thing to do and to keep that tradition going. Uh, there seems to be no reason why that couldn't be done. No doubt about it. And guys, while we're talking about uh, Jeff Charles and that, let's talk a few minutes. Uh, we'll have uh, his color analyst for many seasons now. Kevin Monroe will be joining us in the matter of minutes. But while we have a chance to talk about it, Kyle, um, I know mine off the top of my head. But what's your uh, some of your favorite calls that Jeff did? Uh, I know some. Oh, man. Um, well, of course, going back, I wasn't a fan of 91 yet. Um, we're going back here in the Peach Bowl call, here in the Pittsburgh call, or classic. Uh, uh, the the ninety nine call over Miami, um, the the uh, the UNC call um, in 07 uh, with the Ben Hartman field goal. So when it comes to mind, um, uh, West uh, here's one Virginia Tech uh, 08, the the blocked punt oh, for yeah. the touchdown, and then uh, the, yeah. the, that was probably more exciting than the even the end when you can paint this in purple. That was an electric moment. Um, the Hail Mary, the Hail Mary um, against Tulsa in, uh, in, 20, in 2010. That's another good one. Um, and, right. and, more, and more recent memories, like I said, the, the Navy call last year, the field goal, the BYU call this year with the field goal. Um, it's hard to remember them all. The CIT win, uh, we see more. You know, oh, yeah. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. But uh, it was. Uh, and there's so many, it's hard to remember them all. I know I'm probably missing some of my favorites, like, you know, and it's just not coming to mind. But, uh, you know, one of the things I mentioned earlier that I'll remember most about Jeff is, you know, him reaching out to me in August and taking the time to talk to me. He didn't have to do that. He always answered my text messages. He was always good to us on the podcast. And, uh, you know, um, I felt that connection with Jeff because of the colon cancer. And, um, and I always admire Jeff. He's, you know, he's one of the guys. Really, he's a hero of mine. Um, yeah. And it's tough loss. So I'll ask you. I'll ask you all this. Uh, is there anything, you know, when, when I when I music, Dave? I think me and you are alike on this. Um, and Bubba likes music too. But uh, I, you know, immediately the song I wanted to hear was George Jones. Who's going to fill their shoes? Exactly. When you said that, that was spot on. And I think when uh, he's such a legend. There will be yeah. like Stan Cotton said, there's, you know, he's the voice of the pirates because we had him for 35 years and the next person that comes along, I'm sure there'll be great, but you know, 35 years, man, that's like Johnny Carson, David Letterman, you know, on television. Um, and then you have the guy to replace yeah. him, you know, Dean Smith, uh, Mike, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, wow. Um, so that next person that comes along, um, I don't think you ever replace a legend like Jeff Charles. They'll be just the next announcer. East Carolina, and that's no disrespect to that person, whoever that shall be. Um, but Jeff has a special place. I mean, when you think about Brian Bailey, Jeff Charles, or certain people, I was thinking about this the other day, and we're getting to Kevin's in the green room. We'll get to him in just a second. Um, appreciate him, uh, East Carolina grad, and one of the best. Yeah. Um, 
But when you think about it, Brian Bailey and Jeff Charles never went to East Carolina, but it feels like they are a pirate. It feels oh, like they, they, they're, they are pirates. They are pirates. No, no, they, no, no I'm just yeah. saying that they, it's like they're an alum. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're, no, no doubt like they went that. to school. They're just like our, well, we're going to bring in Kevin Monroe now. I, I think me and Bubba are the same way, so we can identify with that. Neither yeah. one of us are alums, but we feel like it. I do want to say at this point real fast, we're bringing Kevin. Uh, if you if you never listened to Who's Gonna Fill Their Shoes by George Jones, it's a song about country music legends, but it's got a couple of lines that I think particularly fit Jeff well. Who's gonna fill their shoes? Who's gonna stand that tall? Who's gonna give their heart and soul to get to me and you? Lord, I wonder who's gonna fill their shoes. And uh, imagine life without them. All your radio heroes. I mean, it's it, the yep. song fits perfectly to me. No, when you said that, I was like, wow, that that really does because <laughs> when you think about. Jeff, uh, his the shoes that somebody would have to feel it's bigger than Shaq's. I think yeah. Shaq wears a size 23. Um, those are some huge shoes to fill. Let's bring in now uh, Bubba Kevin Monroe, who's been with uh, Jeff for a long time, a good friend of our show. And uh, hey, man, how are you, Kev? We, uh, we like having you on, but uh, this is a really tough one tonight. I never thought in a million years that we would have you on talking about remembering the voice. We thought, you know, we were hearing rumblings, maybe he would have a year or two, you know, you'd hear stuff and you're like, no, I don't even want to contemplate him. Jeff Charles, one of my radio heroes retiring and to have this happen. Uh, it's really tough. I can't imagine for you guys who were there with him or there on the trip. I know it's gotta be even harder and y'all are so close. Yeah. I mean, Jeff is, uh, you know, he, he taught me everything I know about the radio business. Um, he's just a legend. Uh, you know, it, starting off on the sidelines and just kind of having him tell me what to do and how to do it. And then, you know, three years later going up into the booth and being next to him and just seeing how he prepares and gets ready for each and every game, all the information that he has. Uh, it's just, you, you can't even imagine what it's like to, to work with somebody that good uh, when you're brand new to the industry. And so uh, I'm forever indebted to him. Um, you know, my kids are getting to the age now where they're playing high school ball. At least one of them is. Um, and so I want to go to their games. And you know, I don't know how much longer I'll do East Carolina stuff. So I always assumed that Jeff would, would would keep on going past me. But uh, wow. it's just shocking, shocking to for this to happen. And it's just uh, – it's been a rough couple of days. You know, I, I mentioned it, you know, um, earlier in the broadcast. But you, you look at Jeff. Picture physical health. I mean, always jacked to the gills, um, eat, ate great, and yet the man has to battle colon cancer twice, beats it, and then a damn heart attack gets him. If there was one person you, you'd ask me, you know, I would never expect Jeff Charles to have a heart attack. You know, when you, when you think about heart attacks, you think about clogged arteries and all, but that's not always the case. Sometimes it's genetics. Sometimes, you know, he just got off a plane. It could have been a blood clot. I mean, who really knows, but never would have thought Jeff Charles would have had a heart attack. Yeah, it, it was um, sitting next to him, you know, every game since the cancer. I watch what he eats, you know, because, you know, there you guys know there's not always yeah. healthy stuff in the press box. Yes. And Jeff would not eat anything not healthy. I mean, he was he was eating, you know, protein type bars. He would eat fruit. Uh, he'd always have like a you know, bag of nuts with him or something, a banana. But he, he, you know, that that cancer, you know, scared him, obviously, as it should have. And he was a very healthy eater. He always worked out on the road, both lifting weights and going for a run. 
uh, you know, and they say the heart attack, you know, happened after after working out. So that that sounds about like Jeff, because he was he as you said, he was the picture of health. He may not have been a, a skinny, as we would say in uh, in society, but he was certainly in good health. And Kevin, I remember him talking about uh, he was pro- I, I think he's the by far as far as play by play guys. He could outlift anyone. In fact, one time I remember him telling me years ago, and you can attest to this, that he bench pressed 400 pounds. Is that right off the top of my head? I know he was probably close to it. I know he was definitely over 300. And I was just like, I I would be lucky right now to get 100. I'm just being straight up. That's about my max right now, um, to be honest. So I've got to get back in the gym. But um, I think 200 is the best I've ever done. So to hear somebody 400 pounds to bench press, Bench press to me is the the roughest like exercise like on the planet. Like it's I don't know why I've always had a hard time with that. I wouldn't even try to do ten right now, Dave. I got a hernia because you know I just like just like Jeff as he reached out to me in August, as I said, battling colon cancer, and because of the surgery, I've got a hernia, so I wouldn't even try to bench press ten pounds now. But mm-hmm. Kevin, you know, obviously you knew Jeff better than any of us, and um, you know he reached out to me in August when he found out I had colon cancer, and talk gave me a lot of advice including on eating healthy what to do after treatment um yeah. anti-inflammatory diet avoid sugars uh you know just you know eat, eat certain things you know told me about turned me on the wheatgrass which is mm. disgusting but thanks <laughs> jeff um because i drink it i don't do the capsules um so i uh grateful to jeff for that talk about you know obviously you guys called a lot of games together um what are what are some of your favorite if you have any, you can pinpoint some of your favorite Jeff Charles calls from working with him. Wow. Well, yeah, I'll even start, you know, as a player, um, you know, in, in, in my early days, pretty much all I did was special teams. And, and so I, I didn't get a chance to play much defense in you know, my freshman and sophomore year. And so I was kind of known for running down on punts and kickoffs and making plays. And so I'd always kind of go back after the games and I'd watch the, you know, the, 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 the television cut, but also listen to Jeff's commentary. And he would just say things. He would always get so excited about my hustle, uh, you know, on special teams. And I finally got in the game on defense late in my redshirt freshman year. I think we were playing Arkansas State at home. And the defense had a a shutout going. Uh, And so, you know, all of us scrubs were in the game. And it was our job to make sure that that we held the the team from scoring. And so their running back broke one, and I was at corner. And, you know, I was mostly scared to death that he was going to score. And so I was running like, you know, my life depended on it and ended up catching him at about the five yard line after he ran about 50 yards. And I guess he was really fast. And Coach Logan was talking about him earlier in the week, talking about how he, he runs a four three and there's nobody in our secondary that could catch him. And uh, and you just you hear Jeff saying, and look at him go. Nobody's going to catch him. Wait a minute, Kevin Monroe is going to get him. He's going to run him down. And he, he says, Oh my God, if the track coach is watching, he needs to sign Kevin Monroe because this guy can <laughs> run. And I, I just, I always, you know, I put that on my highlight tape, but I, I it, you know, I always told my kids about it and stuff. I always remember that one call. But from that to, you know, us calling the, the, uh, when Pat White, West Virginia came to, came to Greenville and we just shut him down and, you know, all the different things that happened in that game was exciting. The, obviously the TJ Lee block in the Virginia no Tech flag game. on the field, Jeff, no flag on the field. That, that was, that was awesome. Uh, you know, the, when we beat Carolina at home by a field goal, uh, that one was crazy. And, and yeah. just, he, he and I were both in the, in the booth, just yelling and going nuts. Holy, so, holy guacamole. Kevin. That's right. 
<laughs> you remember them all. Uh, yeah. So that, I mean, those come to mind. You know, it was the back-to-back Conference USA championships, you know, going up to Tulsa and and, and beating Tulsa the, the way that we did when we weren't supposed to win that game and the defense got five turnovers. That was such a fun game to call with Jeff because, you know, the team really showed up in a big way. Uh, just on and on and on, just thinking about it over the years. It, we, we had a lot of fun times in the booth. We had, we had some rough times. I mean, I started I oh. sold guidelines in 03 and 04, so that was the John Thompson era. So that that was rough for me to be brand new on the radio and have to deal with that. So uh, we, he he showed me how to just kind of talk about other things other than football. What, what was what was worse, the John Thompson era or the Scotty Montgomery era? <sighs> Definitely John Thompson. I will say, you know, really because it seemed like Scotty's would never end. <laughs> well, John Thompson, if you remember, we weren't competitive. And, you know, we were getting beat by 50 points and 40 points and 50 points. I mean, every week. I mean, we obviously, we're playing a tough schedule, you know, the West Virginians, the Virginia Techs of the world. But we were just getting killed. It, it looked like we just never even prepared. We lost a lot of games with Scotty, but we had some close games. It wasn't like they were all blowouts. We had, you know, some decent young coaches. Yeah, you know, with Scotty, I, I just – I always said I thought Scotty was a good coach, just wasn't ready to be a head coach. It, it takes, it takes right, right. knowing how to be a head coach to be successful. And he just wasn't there. So I definitely John Thompson to me was worse. And the coaches, you were talking about the coaches, man, they had no coaching budget whatsoever yeah. in John Thompson era. I mean, it was, I know that for a fact, I remember that time as uh, H Rob is a good friend of mine. And I know that he started during then. Uh, we should have just, we should have just fired him and promoted Rick Stockstill apparently. <laughs> you never, you never know. You never He's know. Done a great job at middle. Oh, no question. Kevin, I want to talk about the uh, broadcast. Uh, can you talk about, I was talking about at the beginning of the show, how when I was a young broadcaster, I accidentally yeah. cut off of Denny Kepley on Jeff's show, and I thought he was going to kill me. Were there any moments, not with you, but were there any moments when things were going bad? I was just telling the guys, like, any other broadcaster would have killed me that night. And this is a guy who was really cool. He was calm. He collected. He never raised his voice with me. He said, it's okay. Just call him back, and he was just like that to me. And I was like, "Are you this this guy's the voice to yeah. go after me?" Um, but he was so cool to me. Did y'all have any moments like that where things were not going right? That I mean, I've never seen. Maybe you have. I've never seen Jeff get upset like to the point of yelling or being, you know, disrespectful, difficult. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he 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 would get frustrated, but you're right. He never really raised his voice. He never really. I never really see him, you know, chew somebody out or anything like that. You know, he he would confide in me, you know, behind the scenes that, you know, so and so just wasn't doing things the right way. We need to get that straightened out, or this person, right. you know, wasn't wasn't acting right. But never in front of people. Never obviously on air. Uh, he was always super for, for professional. And you know, I, I you know the age difference between us. I'm 45. You know, he was he was 70. Um, so I just always respected him so much that I, I never would talk over him. You know, I would always apologize over the air if I if I stepped on him while he was talking. Um, I, I never tried to hog the microphone. I always let him finish before I started. And so we always got along great. You know, even if he called out the wrong player's number, I would tell him off the air, hey, I think that was so-and-so. I, I wouldn't correct him on the air. So we got along great. I mean, it was it was no uh, you know, no struggle with us because I just I just knew that he was so good at his job and I and I just wanted to make sure that I was there to compliment him, not not to uh uh not to make him look bad. And certainly with David Horn and Marty Fuhrer, I mean, you guys have a legendary crew, the four of you guys. 
Um, and I texted David. I know David at some point is going to come on with us and uh, not tonight. Um, and maybe we can get Marty also. Maybe we can get all y'all together. Um, but with the Pirate Sports Radio Network, I was thinking about with uh, Jeff, just all the, I mean, you think about five, I think it's five athletic directors, all the coaches, uh, all the players. I just can't imagine the thousands of players, coaches, oh, man. fans, how many people he impacted. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, everybody knew who Jeff was as a player. Um, you know, we were always excited to be interviewed by him after the game or, or during the week, during the media day. Um, you know, he was just, he, he knew, he did his research. So he always knew about the guys. He would know certain things about you. He asked you questions about your family. He always asked me about my parents, even to this day, he, you know, he would ask me about my parents. And so um, he was just so liked and respected uh, when I was a player. And so he, he was the same way, you know, these days he, he knew, he knew everybody on the team and he would always tell me stories about certain kids and where they're from and, and that kind of thing. So it was just, you know, if he had an enemy, I didn't. I didn't know him. Uh, it just everybody seemed to to like him and, and, and respected him. What will it be like for you, Kevin? And I guess it's kind of a kind of a dumb question, but or not a dumb question, but the question is going to be hard for you to answer. Uh, what What is it going to be like for you? You know, in in September, calling a game um, without Jeff. I mean, I, who knows who it's going to be? I know a lot of fans want to see Corey Gore come back for baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, hear, you hear Chris Haymeyer, who's a great announcer, Boyce Campbell being mentioned. So who knows who it's going to be? Hopefully it'll be the right choice, whoever it is. But I mean, I think either one of those two guys would be very welcomed by Pirate Nation versus somebody who's a complete outsider. Um, but what's it going to be like for you personally calling a game without Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I don't even want to think about who 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 will be the next guy up there. But I will just say uh, it's going to be it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Um, you know, just. I relied on Jeff for a lot. I mean, he just was so good at filling airspace. Uh, he always knew, you know, all the details about the coaches. Uh, he just, you know, we would go places. We'd go to certain stadiums and certain, um, you know, places. And he he just, he would know all the history. And, you know, I'd go somewhere and I'd forget the next year, you know, what was going on there. But he just remembered the history. And so I just would be surprised if anybody – you know, can do that, can, can be the, be the person that he was, it's just going to be different. You know, I, I don't know what to say uh, about that. It'll be, it'll be tough. I'm, I'm sure we'll have a good person. It'll be a good broadcast and, you know, pirate fans will get used to it, but uh, it's definitely going to be different. And Kevin, when you were talking about that, that guy, you know, I would think that I prepared for a radio show, you know, like for a music show. I was, and I told him, and he would always, he would not like it when I would compliment him. He did not like people making a fuss about him. He'd be like, no, Dave, no, no. And uh, <laughs> he would do that to me. And and that's what was amazing about Jeff is that he was so good, but yet he was so approachable. He was one of the guys, like, that's the thing I remember about him most. It's like, he didn't like big time anyone. And he no. was big, he was big time. And he never was the big deal like Ron Burgundy, right? I mean, like, <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. So um, I, I, I tell you what, it's going to be different. But I appreciate you very much. I enjoy listening to you guys. In fact, what I do is I turn down the sound. I look forward to listen to the radio broadcast because you guys are East Carolina. You don't say Eastern Carolina. <laughs> um, you don't like pronounce guys' names wrong, things like that. So that drives me nuts. Um, so I appreciate all your hard work over the years and, 
Um, what a great duo you and and uh, Jeff make, and of course Marty and David are amazing too. But uh, it's tough, a tough few days for us, and I know it's going to probably be tough for a while. But thank you so much for all that you do, and thank you for coming on with us tonight to remember the voice. And hopefully next time we have you on, we'll be talking about uh, happy times and about other things besides losing a, a dear friend. Yeah, let, let's. Uh... Let's get the uh, the momentum going for Jeff to be put in the Hall of Fame ASAP. He yep. should have been. Yep. He was alive. I don't know why he wasn't. Okay. There, but hopefully, uh, people do the right thing and get him in there. Um, well deserved, uh, and and he he will be missed. And same thing for the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame too. I believe off the top of my head, they're both Hall of Fames. Hopefully, now I I ask. I'll, I'll, uh, what wasn't he already in the North Carolina Sports Hall Sports Broadcasters Hall of Fame? Not, I'm talking about the actual Sports Hall of Fame in Raleigh, not the okay. uh, the the other one. Um, they nominated right. Sportscaster of the Year, but not not a Hall of Fame. But well, but most importantly, he needs to be in the East Carolina Hall of Fame. That's I mean, right. it needs to happen this year. No doubt. That's something I I discussed with uh, Coach Connors, um, Kevin. Just just as far as um, you know, the way the the Hall of Fame thing can work. Um, <laughs> You, you had uh, you had other guys who were very deserving uh, that uh, had not been in either. So uh, yeah, that's that's one of those things. I I, th- I feel I think we'll get this get this right, and Jeff will be going in this fall. Uh, maybe ask Andrew Bays about that. I think I think once yeah. you get in, you're always kind of you're part of the committee, and you 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 have a say. So maybe Andrew will have something to say about it. Awesome. All right, Kevin. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate you so much, and uh, we'll be thinking about you and. The others are so close to Jeff during this difficult time. I appreciate, appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Thanks. Take care, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. Appreciate uh, Kevin coming on. And now another guy that we think a lot of, and maybe he can help us out um, with getting the voice in the Hall of Fame. Guys, I was at the women's basketball game on Sunday, and they were doing autographs. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's a no-brainer. I thought about it years ago when we started the show almost five years ago, but hadn't thought about Jeff not being in the Hall of Fame at East Carolina. And I was standing there looking at all the different people. I was like, why isn't Jeff Charles just given 35 years of his life? He was 70, almost 71. So half of his life in Greenville was to the Pirates. Why are we not? Yeah, uh, knowing Jeff, he might not have wanted to go in until he retired. And something else, um, kind of where I was going with that a moment ago with Kevin, um, Johnny Gardner brings up on Facebook saying Jeff fought for players to get in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I believe it was maybe Leonard Henry uh, comes to mind. Um, then also uh, Junior Smith, who's an all-time leading rusher with those back-to-back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons there from 92 to 94. Uh, it, it was absolutely ridiculous that, that he wasn't in. Uh, so Marcus Crandall's in. Yeah, but uh, – yeah, Jeff. Jeff um, that's one thing, you know, so respected, and that um, he was going to handle it in, in a first-class way. But uh, he was going to step up if he felt as though uh, a pirate was going to, or was being done wrong, you know, or a situation like I guess back in Ruffin McNeil's final year in 2015. Um, you know, he was he was very quick to uh, call out pirate fans that were booing at one of the games late that season and uh, really came to the, the defense of the program and um, in defense of Coach McNeil, et cetera. Yeah, just a great guy. And uh, in addition to going to the Hall of Fame, I, I'd love to see a statue 
you know, I don't know that East Carolina will ever have a coach. Maybe, maybe Pat Dye that's beloved by everybody, but everybody loves Jeff Charles. I'd like to see a statue in front of the stadium. Yeah, I have no issues with that at all. I mean, name one person that would not like that. So, um, yeah, whoever it is, I'd like to punch him in the mouth. So I'd rather not name him. If you, if, you, if, you, if you don't want a statue of Jeff Charles in front of the stadium, something's wrong with you. No doubt about it. Do, do we have Andrew, or is he just his name with nothing? Hey, Andrew, how you doing, man? Guys, I don't think he's with us. Not yet. So we'll we'll come back to him. I guess I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was there, but I guess we'll check on that. Uh, Andrew Bay is, of course, part of the Pirate Sports Network. We'll have him on as he made his debut last year, filling in for he was actually doing the road games as Kevin was doing the home games as the analysts did a great job, especially being brand new, Kyle. He was, he was very knowledgeable, knew the game extremely well. Yeah. And uh, we'll see if we can get uh, Andrew back with us here uh, just a second. And uh, we uh, wanted to let everybody know this show is not for uh, people that uh, want to make comments. If you want to make sure that it's uh, for Jeff. And uh, so let's make it about Jeff tonight. And that's what the uh, that's what the show is. That's why we do yeah. we're doing what we're well, doing. We don't we don't have any negative comments, do we? Hey, uh, Andrew, how you doing, man? How's it going, boys? Can you hear me? Yeah, we got, we got you, now. you now. All right, good, 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 good. Yeah, welcome into the show. Appreciate you so much, and you always have been very kind to come on and visit with us. And unfortunately, this visit is not the visit we would like as far as the circumstances, but we always enjoy having you on. Yeah, I appreciate it. It is, uh, it's been a, it's been a, um, you know, kind of a shocking, uh, you know, stretch of days here going back to Friday night um, and, and getting the news uh, and sh sharing that night with Kevin and some former players and some other people. Um, you know, it's just kind of one of those shock moments. You couldn't really believe, you know, you didn't want to believe what you were hearing. Yeah, no, Andrew, it was kind of the same way here when we started to get the information. You, you, you kind of had to – you heard it secondhand, and I remember reaching out to somebody that I knew would know and uh, them confirming it with me. And I never wished a rumor to be false so much in my life. And then we got the confirmation that, no, indeed, Jeff had passed. It was uh, shocking. I mean, just – Andrew, just obviously heartbreaking. But how shocking was it to you to hear that – Jeff Charles, the guy who I've said it time and time again, battled colon cancer twice, um, in great shape, ate so healthy post-cancer, had a heart attack. I mean, how shocked were you? Uh, very shocked. Uh, I'm sure Kevin Kevin hit on it uh, during his time here on on with you guys. But, you know, just I, I've, I've known Jeff going back to my freshman year. And, um you know, I, I, I know exactly what he's been through. He shared so much with me over the years, and yeah. especially this year. Um, you know, I, I, I got the sense just talking to him that, you know, he was more gearing up for his, you know, um, retirement phase of life um, in these in these next coming years. And kind of the focus, you know, you could you could sense it just talking to him in downtime and, you know, the time that we had on the road, um, you know, the planning that he was taking was some of the, you know, some of the uh, non ECU ventures back 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 home in Ohio. And, um, 
it just seemed like, you know, he was excited for, for the next step, which was going to be retirement and everything I ever seen of Jeff, you know, dating back to when I was a freshman, I, you know, I couldn't bench press. I'm being serious, boys. I could not bench press 135. And, um, you know, we, we'd be in the weight, weight room and Jeff Charles would be there, uh, almost religiously every single day he'd be in there. And, um, he was throwing up a lot of weight. Uh, I can't remember exactly the amount of weight that he was throwing up, but he never had a spotter. And um, I, I was like, "Dag on, man! I can't let the radio guy out <laughs> bench press me." And um, you know, he he was he was one of the reasons why I I kicked it in gear and you know made a commitment by my senior year that I'd be a certain you know certain strength level. And um, but man, I you know. You talk about shock. I, it was kind of numbingly shock. I, 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 you know, I could not foresee any of that, uh, especially the last conversations we had and kind of how things had left off. Um, you know, it was just very upsetting to me um, and really thinking about his family as far as uh, all of that. So, yeah, it was it was shocking. Andrew, obviously this year, your first time doing broadcasting. Uh... How big of a help was Jeff to you um, learning the game? Not learning the game, you know the game of football, but learning the game of broadcasting. Yeah, it was it was quite an experience. I mean, I, I had not had any experience uh, in you know talking to him and conversa- phone conversations leading up to the season and phone conversations with Kevin. You know, Jeff would just downplay it. He's like, "Man, you're gonna be okay. Just you know, these are some of the do's and don'ts." And um, let the game come to you. And, you know, this is where I want to, this is where I want you to come in and make comment. Um, but don't push it. You know, I, I, you know, he was fully capable as we all know of, of carrying the broadcast by himself. Um, you know, just an incredible ability to um, describe what was going on on the field, uh, keep a uh, audience interested in what was going on. I, you know, it's funny, I'm sure you guys have similar stories, but, you know, listening to him, I, being around football, you know, I'd, I'd hear him call basketball games all the time, but rarely get, get a chance to hear him call a football game. And I, this year I, I told him, I said, man, you're, you know, you've watched a lot of bad basketball, you know, to the, to the tune of what a thousand over a thousand games. Yeah. I, I said, you've watched a ton of bad basketball and no matter when I, I turn the radio on, you know, I'm convinced that the pirates are in the game and only do I find out that they're not in the game when you decide to go to a break and you announce that Cincinnati's up 37 points or something to the pirates, you know, his ability to, you know, make it sound like a game, even when it really wasn't a game. Um, And I know he had some lean years, uh, as I'm sure Kevin described some 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 lean years with uh, the football pirates as well, uh, where it's not an easy broadcast. So, you know, he he definitely took his time with me. Um, you know, he he would get on me. Uh, it's funny in those those first few games, even though I, I really didn't notice doing it, but I'm sure I did. He he did not like me, uh, and I say do not like he in his own way. He expressed that, you know, I am no longer we as a pirate. You know that I I should 
speak of the pirates as pirates um, or as, uh, you know, a cer certain way other than saying we. And um, so I struggle with that. And that's you know, one thing, I, that's I, one thing, Andrew, I always I will disagree with the voice <laughs> on it. It's OK to, to disagree with somebody you love and respect. Yeah. But, uh, no, you're a pirate. It's, it's believe me, from a fan listening as an East Carolina fan, I, I, I don't think we ever mind hearing you say we. <laughs> but it was so funny because I'd catch myself saying we and then I'd say the pirates. So I'd say I'd say both of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he was so gracious in, you know, the time that he would take. Um, you know, I, I'd call him after games, um, you know, maybe the Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday following a game just to kind of review um, how the broadcast went and some of his bullet points. And, you know, I have my my notepad in hand. Um, taking notes and trying to learn as much as I could from him. You know, I would go to the stadium with him four hours before the game, help set up the studio. And, you know, I was pretty much like a sponge. So anything he could throw my way, I was going to be listening to it. Um, so I was, you know, I've told everybody I'm super fortunate to have been able to have that this, this season and this experience. And Andrew, as far as the game is concerned, I think that's why you were so good that you're a natural because you are a student of the game. It's obvious by when you're listening to your broadcast and, you know, I know that you were brand new, like you were talking about, but as far as knowing what you're talking about, you did and having the voice that's so good. I, the thing that makes me, he makes everybody feel so comfortable and listening to you guys. I know it sounds corny, but it's almost like the same way with Kevin it's like you're talking about the football game like you're out there in the stands and not like stiff like you're at a, you know, we've got to do this broadcast. You know, he was so good at making, being so smooth. Yeah. I mean, I, I go back to the my first my first game. It was uh, South Florida on the road. We were playing at FAU Stadium uh, when it got shuffled because of the hurricane. Yeah. But, I you know, it didn't talk about nerves and that kind of thing and, you know, I, I felt like in the, you know, leading up to it, I was pretty good. And we got to the pregame show and it it wasn't until Jeff with his big voice, you know, and his his broadcast voice is so different when you're in person than when you're just sitting there talking to him. And uh, so as a fan and as somebody that, you know, has really listened to him for for so many years when when I was in the studio with him with the headset on ready to go as soon as I heard his voice you know welcome to FAU stadium you know where the pirates are going to face University of South Florida and his big booming voice that's when the nerves hit me it wasn't until I heard his voice and uh in my ears and it was very surreal and you know you don't you don't get rattled on a lot of things but that certainly rattled me just you know, wow, this, <laughs> I'm here, I'm here with him doing this. I'm, I'm in the radio now. It was, uh, it was quite an experience. What, what, would that be your most memorable moment from this past year, that opening game, another opening game, your first game against South Florida. I know, obviously you guys had some exciting calls. That BYU game comes to mind and the Temple game. Yeah, that BYU game, uh, the Temple game was, was a lot of fun. That was back and forth. Um, uh, geez, I'd say the BYU game and the Cincinnati game, uh, going oh. back, you know, I, we, we spent, that was a night game. We spent a lot of time together, um, you know, on, on that trip. And, uh, that was special to him. He had some, some, um, you know, some visitors coming to the booth, uh, that sat with us for a little while. 
and um so that that was that was a really good trip i i think kevin might have hit on it but you know he's really a his jeff was a historian of the game and you know i, I don't need to tell pirate fans that because they they heard it on game day but you know his uh his knowledge of all sports not just college football but his knowledge of all sports college basketball you know we'd have deep conversations and he'd go deep into uh college basketball coaches you know from random schools and um so he you know he was a historian of the game and just you know being on the road with somebody just a pleasure to be around no doubt about it andrew uh do you have any um i know you were talking about being there in the booth how about as a fan you know being a college grad there being a student there do you have any memorable calls like maybe basketball or after your time playing that you that you remember the voice no no i mean you know there's so many calls that we can reference back but like you know being a player the things that were most impactful to me is just my parents would you know it was the way my parents would listen to the games would you know they they'd find jeff charles on the internet or whatever it was for the broadcast and um you know, they would just be dying to talk to me after the game because Jeff would have just been glowing about a certain kick or a certain punt or a certain effort, you know, and he was always so kind. And, um, you know, my for my parents that couldn't necessarily be at every game, you know, it was an absolute treat for them, you know, to be able to hear such kind words and, um you know, I, I thought that he was always super fair and super nice uh, to me during my career. And I only know that through, you know, the ears of my parents <laughs> and my and my family members. But, um, you know, those are the memories, the memories of, you know, being a uh, student athlete and speaking. I, I would speak at Pirate Club dinners in eastern North Carolina and Jeff and I would, you know, he'd drive me to these to these dinners and um you know he would speak or you know, i would speak or some other coach would be there and speak to the pirate club members and i'd get that that drive time with jeff and um so those are the things i think about when i think think about him not just this year and the, the fun that we had and the you know everything that i learned from him but you know going back all the years he he you know he was the one on the stage that inducted me into the hall of fame at ecu um, you know, I had a one-on-one kind of interview with him on a stage, um, you know, thinking crazy, it really, really probably shouldn't be me up here. It should be you. <laughs> and anytime you brought that kind of conversation up with him, it was, you know, he, um, was very humble and didn't want to talk about it. And it was almost like, you know, put that away for another day type thing. Um, I think that day has come. Yeah. No question about that. No Andrew, question. as far as uh, I know you being elected into the Hall of Fame, and back to I was uh, Kim McNeil, they were doing autographs for the women's basketball game on Sunday, and my daughter's team, we all went. And we were waiting there, and I looked, and I saw your picture. I saw a lot of pictures of people I know, and, you know, rightfully so, they deserve to be in the Hall. But what does it take to get Jeff into the Hall of Fame? I don't think it's going to take much at this point. Um Okay. You know, I, th I think it's a concerted effort. It's going to be a concerted effort from from everyone. I mean, it it you know he 
it's not just the Hall of Fame. I mean, he, I mean, he, um, I think you referenced it when you were talking about a statue. I mean, he, he is a bigger part of this program than most players, you know, ever have been. Um, you know, he is somebody that um, embodied this program, lived it, uh, seen it at its worst, seen it at, seen it at its best was an ambassador for this program. He went on the radio um, and sold ECU to the general public. People that did not know anything about ECU listened to Jeff Charles and he was the greatest ambassador for the university itself. So, you know, it just Hall of Fame recognition is not, in my book, is not enough. Um, you know, he, uh, he deserves a whole heck of a lot more than that from, from our school. I agree. I mentioned earlier in the show, I'd like to see a statue in front of the stadium. Well, you know, Andrew, there's uh, I reached out to the mayor um, because there are people that it surfaced on Saturday. I think it was, I, I was getting to, um, my, uh, a band of mine inspected and uh, all of a sudden I see people putting up and it still was not my idea. Uh, Jeff, Charles, Jeff, Boulevard. Jeff Charles Boulevard. And I think it's highway 43, which means it's a state deal, but I hope the politicians, you know, they can't agree on a lot. Um, but I hope that they will make that change because it's perfect. I know his real name is Jeff Charles Pertee. Um, I want to make sure people know that um, Charles was his middle name, but mm -hmm. we already have Charles Boulevard and it runs. I mean, it's perfect, man. It runs right near the campus, right near the athletics campus. And uh, so the Grady White's uh, athletic campus, by the way, but I just think that would be a great idea. And I hope we can get that done too. There's a whole bunch of stuff that we can do. Um, but it still will never be enough, but we should be doing some stuff to really pay, pay back, uh, a lot of years of, uh, like I said, half his life was in Greenville. Yeah, yeah. no question. I, I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of ideas thrown around and, um, hopefully, you know, hopefully John, the, the, uh, the school, the chancellor will come together and come up with, with something that will respect him and, you know, the work that he's done over the years for our university. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I, sometimes, you know, people are in positions for a very long time. You think it's just a job, you know, to them, but if, if for anybody that spent time with Jeff, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just a job for him. And you got that sense pretty, pretty quickly. You know, he had a lot of pride for this university, for this athletic program. And, um, I think it's it's only fair and right for you know that uh, that same athletic program and university to um, treat him right in, in all of this, which I which I I'm certain they will. Andrew, you know the fact that you know he started out in 1988 and uh, 35 years ago, he sounded just as good at age 70 as he did back in 1988. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. it, it is absolutely. That's what I'm telling you when I. You know, that first call I was on and all of a sudden I'm hearing that booming voice, you know, when I'm sitting there just chatting with him two minutes prior. Um, and all of a sudden that booming voice comes out over my over my headset. You know, he um, he took his craft um, very serious. Uh, I got I got that quickly in the meetings that we had. And, um, you know, no doubt. I, I don't know how much longer he wanted to do it. Uh, obviously that was going to be on his terms, but, um, you know, he, he definitely w was not losing anything, uh, on those broadcasts. 
No doubt. Andrew, thank you for your time tonight. And uh, obviously, we look forward to talking to you again. And I assume you'll be back in the fall. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure, boys. I don't know. Uh, I, okay. I don't know. Um, you know, certainly it's something Kevin and I have discussed. But, uh, you know, until a lot of this gets wrinkled out later on, uh, I don't know what any of it's going to look like. Well, uh, no matter what, we're honoring Jeff tonight, remembering the voice, and uh, thank you so much for coming on, and I hope you'll come back on, and we'll have um, more fun stuff to talk about. It's been really rough the last few days just to try to to keep moving on and knowing that you won't hear your one of your heroes uh, in broadcasting yeah. with Jeff Charles. So I'm glad that the one thing I thought about is, hey, the man gave you 35 years at your alma mater, the school that you love. And um, 35 years is a long time. He could have left us after five years, 10 years. He was that good to go to professional sports, um, any other school. So we were very blessed to have him for 35 years in Greenville. Yeah. And I appreciate you guys doing this. This is awesome. This is a great tribute to him. And um, I've enjoyed listening to to uh, the program. So thank you for that. Well, Thanks. thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Drew. All right, boys. All right. We'll talk, talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Appreciate Andrew very much. Another guy that uh, means a lot to me. What's up, B Pays? What's going on? Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, uh, good. For uh, people who don't know, B Pays and I were actually at ZMB at the same time. The college radio station always loved his work. He's done fa fabulous. It's not about B Pays tonight, but the reason I bring that up is because Pays and I share in common something I've already heard you say on Pirate Radio yesterday on PRL is that Jeff Charles is a hero of mine and uh, B pays people that are not are in radio. That's why I wanted to be in radio is because he was one of those people as Jeff Charles. And so we want to bring B pays in tonight uh, doing big things in Raleigh, right? My friend. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm double taking in here right now, actually, but yeah, no, um, I appreciate you having me on. I, I'm, you know, Jeff was a guy uh, that kind of took me, under his wings i was a sophomore in college and i started working i was working at zmb and working at east carolinian but also yeah. helping charles bloom yeah up at uh sports information department at east carolina and, and on that same hall uh two doors down was jeff's office uh, that was the third then. floor right my friend yep. yeah third floor yeah. in the back hall yep yeah and I can see uh, it right now yep and i can see jeff um, you know, I could see Jeff sitting in that office when you would walk by, you know, I could, and that's where I started to have a relationship with Jeff and started to ask him, you know, questions about, you know, the, the business part. Cause I, I figured radio was the way I was probably going to end up going. And, um, uh, so I ended up asking him questions, you know, on the, on the radio part. So, and, you know, I had a chance to, uh, you know, when he was battling cancer and I was working at pirate radio, I had a chance to fill in for him. Um, on the morning show, uh, for almost two months. Uh, so, and Jeff co-signed me, <laughs> Troy and Jonathan asked, Hey, who is, uh, who is somebody that, you, you know, you want to do this? And they gave him a couple of names and Jeff was like, I think B pace should do it. And, and he, and he co-signed me. So I've always uh, thought that, and I just had talked to him at homecoming and I was down in you know, homecoming, stopped by there. And, uh, you know, what's funny, what's crazy about Jeff is, 
Jeff knows that I'm, you know, been in radio, but I've, I've, I've worked in multi-formats, including, you know, the sports side, but in the music side. And Jeff yeah. always picked my brain about the music side. He always asked me, so how does that work? Okay, um, yeah. And when I had the station in Greenville, uh, 97.9, I remember Jeff coming up to me at a basketball game and saying, hey, man, them tunes you playing on there sounding good. <laughs> in jeff's voice just think you know think about that so uh yeah, yeah no yeah absolutely he, he was he's definitely as a, a radio item i used to try to i used to try to um impersonate uh jeff back in the day when he would say budweiser you know like you know, budweiser budweiser it's brought to you by budweiser yeah, yeah, so that was <laughs> so yeah, so but it's, it's, it's you know it's a shocking, yeah, it's a shocking time. You know, my dad. I was talking to my dad about it today, and uh, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. You know, um, you know, when you find out, um, you know, it's just one of those things. You just, you just can't. You just you know you can't believe. And I've, you know, I guess the older you get, you know, you experience more death in life. You know, and I've experienced probably more death in the last three to four years of my life um, than I've, you know, you know, in, in my middle 40s here that I've done in my whole life. So um, you don't get numb to it, you know, but it's wow. just it's just one of those things where it's just, uh, you know, you know, and he was the one of the good guys. So, yeah. And Pepe is uh, I was telling the story. You're a radio guy. So. And, and back me up on this because people will not believe it. But uh, one thing they probably will believe is that radio guys, and I'm not speaking to you directly, but just in general, have big egos. And I was talking about how great Jeff Charles is. You would think he he has like this ginormous ego. It was furthest from the truth. The guy was the ultimate professional. He can cut a commercial. I don't know if you, if you uh, saw this. The guy could cut a commercial in one take. It was unbelievable. Oh yeah, he was. He was absolutely, absolutely. In one take. In fact, his nickname was One Take Charles because he could cut a commercial. And I'm going, on my best day, I could never do it that good. And that's how much I, I loved him. And um, you know, the, from the production side of things, from the prep, the prep that that guy did for a ball game. It, I don't know how he he had an amazing computer, aka brain, because he oh no, he was it. He was, a, I sat beside him at a, um, it's funny, it's the actual, and we've talked about this flight before, the Southern Miss flight where we missed the runway. Yeah. Jeff was my, Jeff sat beside me. Steve Gowan was behind me. Yeah. And Jeff was beside me. And I always say this, like everybody on that plane that day, when, when we missed the runway going into Southern Miss, you know, we kind of skidded off a little bit. Everybody was, um, you know, they were, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you had 300 pound football players. You saw, <laughs> you saw the, the, the worst of them come out that day, but Jeff was so calm. <laughs> Jeff was so calm. Jeff's like, Hey, you know, what's we're doing? He's like, he's like, be page. What you, what you listening to in that CD player? I don't want to have a CD wall. What you listening to in that CD player right there? And I think I was listening to like some biggie or something. He's like, Oh, okay. He's like, Oh, we had a, we had a close call. Didn't we close call and his calmness. Yeah. <laughs> He was totally calm. And I'm just like, you know, it's just, it is, uh, it's crazy. It is just, um, yeah, that one, uh, that one on, on Friday, it's just no, you know, no worse. And he worked with my wife too. 
you know, my wife was with the American Cancer Society in Greenville for a long time. She ran the, um, she was the director, you know, regional director there for Eastern North Carolina. And, uh, and, you know, she met with Jeff many times and Jeff, you know, donated his time and, uh, to some of the, some of her things that she had going on. And, uh, so it's just, uh, I, I just, you know, I, I still, I woke up this morning, saw that and I just still don't believe it sometimes. Oh, it is hard to believe, Hayes. And, uh, you know, we've asked everybody else this, so I asked you too. Uh, what, what are some of the most memorable calls you have of, uh, Jeff, the games that stick out at you in your memory? So I'll tell you one that's probably not recorded, but I was behind him when he did it is when Othello Meadows hit the three yeah. against UNCW. I was yeah. sitting behind him, uh, in the bleachers. At that time, I was wow. sitting right behind him when they when he made the uh, when he made that call. I can I can still remember hearing. I could. It was crazy because I could hear the crowd was going crazy, but I could still hear Jeff. You know, I could still hear him. By, you know, behind. So um, that call, um, you know, the uh, Akeem Richmond three a Weaver, I thought was you know one of my favorites. Uh, you know, one of my favorites of you know of all time. So you know those those are and the TJ Lee one. You know Virginia Tech was a you know with, with Kevin was was a good one. Uh, you know, but uh, and I even like the Navy one from last year. Um, you know when he kicked kick the field goal uh, from last year. So, but yeah, there's some there's some memorable ones in the '90s. I remember. You know, um, I remember listening to Jeff. We played. We were down Syracuse. I think we we're down twenty-one to nothing to Syracuse. It's probably like fall of ninety-five. Yep. And, yep. Yeah, and uh, I think the game was on TV, but I think it was we had TV, yeah. yeah, and we had we had ran out. You know, probably around a beer run or something. You know, yeah. <laughs> twenty twenty-one years old by then, but uh, but I remember listening to you know listening to him in that second half as. as uh, as Crandall and them boys brought uh, brought East Carolina back in the in the Carrier Dome that day, but yeah, that that's definitely uh, that definitely was. I, you know, I always thought and I always mess with Othello about that because you know you know Othello's mother keeps that uh, keeps that in her purse, right? He keeps she keeps a copy of that tape in her purse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, we've had uh, we've had Othello on. In fact, uh, for folks that don't know. Uh, Owe is going to, he said he will help us have a, uh, I guess at a sports bar whenever we go to, um, he, he's actually in, in Omaha for people that don't know. Yeah. In, in Omaha, Nebraska, we had him on the show. And so whenever we go to Omaha, we got to reach out to. Oh yeah. Owe. Othello does all my radio. I don't know if you know, but Othello does all my radio contracts. He's, he's my, he's my guy. Takes a look at all my radio contracts. He's done it for 22 years now. Wow. Yeah, he's always yeah, he's well he got his law degree. He's always looked at all my radio contracts for me. So, so I need to reach out to him for all my broadcasting stuff. Right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, though it, but it's just um you know, Jeff was just a you know, it's just, just a good guy. I don't know if you yeah. you know, you saw the video uh Pirate Radio put up uh the, the day he came back for the first time he was oh, yeah. um cancer. I recorded that. That was me. That's me talking in the background. I recorded that video um that day for them so you know i was there you know at, at that moment and you know i'd run into jeff you know i've been running into him in the liberty bowl you know the adams mark hotel back in you know the 90s the first liberty bowl we played illinois when the team hotel was the adams mark and he was there and him talking to my parents and 
I ran into him at the Peabody with uh, Chancellor Egan, you know, in Memphis one year. So, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's just sad. And I was in school when you know his daughter died, and I remember that. Uh, you know, I, I I remember that to this day. You know, I remember that to this day. So, somebody needs yeah. to make sure that keeps going. He always said riding with the boys is a fundraiser for that scholarship. Uh, so somebody needs to make sure that keeps going somehow. And I remember when he had y'all had him on a couple of months ago, and I, I talked about I was messing with him because he was talking about the cannabis and the chronic. And I was, right. <laughs> let me tell you something right now. I'm I'm gonna say this, and uh, and you can take it one way or another. But uh, anybody who's been through chemotherapy, uh-huh, uh, absolutely. If you, if you don't think cannabis, if you don't think weed should be legal, go get yourself some chemo and come back and talk to me. Absolutely. You know, Kyle, what was so crazy about that uh, conversation we were having that night with, with Jeff was like he, when he was talking about cannabis, he was still in the Jeff Charles yeah. mode, uh, baby. Very professionally talking about <laughs> cannabis. <Yeah. laughs> he was still in the Jeff Charles mode. And that was, yeah. that was, uh, I think Bubba, I think Bubba had texted me later that night when we were laughing about that. Yeah, he was still very professional, Jerry Jeff Charles Moe, but you could, you could tell where where he stood on it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely, absolutely could. And uh, I'm glad I got to see him at homecoming. Um, <clears throat> you know, back in uh, back in October, because I, I sit there, he was recording some stuff, and uh, I uh, came in to see Jonathan Troy, and he, he sat there and taught me 20 minutes before he left. You know, we just sit out in that lobby and talk for like almost you know almost 20 minutes that day. So it's. Uh, I'm glad I got, you know, an opportunity. And I, I told Jeff before, you know, uh, you know, not publicly, but to him face to face, you know, how much, I, you know, he had meant to, you know, what I've done, um, you know, in my career. And uh, so, you know, I, 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 I told him that. So I feel, you know, I feel better about, you know, with this situation that I did was able to tell him that. And I would, and I will tell you, like, he was truly, one of my first radio idols like yeah, this is you know i mean yeah. i've got i've got a list you know if i could put up a mount rushmore i've got a list and his, his head would be right on mount rushmore you know so you know he's he's one of those guys and uh through all the politics through all the things and you know i got i got a chance to see him you know interact with some you know even during the uh you know, even during the Mo days, you know, as bad as it was going, I had a chance to really see him interact with Mo, um, you know, on a personal level and things. And Jeff was just always just so professional. The only time I ever saw Jeff pissed oh. off, and this is a great story right here. The only time I really ever saw him pissed off was the day Confer fired Ruff. And I was at that press conference uh, when Confer fired Ruff. Oh. And Jeff and his most professional way that he could say it he said i don't know what the hell is going on Mm. and i could see it in his face and and he said that you know you know he said that to a couple of us while we were waiting on that press conference to start that's the only time i early ever see him saw him emotional and get personal about it you know it was always a business and he went through John Thompson and, and Logan and, and Skip and, you know, Ruff and yeah. Art Baker and, uh, you know, and Bill Good Lewis, you know, he went through all those guys and, you know, and, but that was the only time I really ever saw him maybe question a decision um, that was going on. And I, I thought that was always interesting. Yeah, he, he, uh, he definitely, the great thing about him is that I was talking about earlier in the show, the fact that 
he is a pirate and uh it's like he went to school at east carolina because he cared that much you were talking about it's, it's not a job to him because he was really loving what he was doing and he was so good at it he already knew about the preparation like what to do and um, I guess after 35 years of, of just East Carolina alone, not to mention Illinois, Virginia Tech, Furman, the the WSB, you, you've worked in Atlanta, man. WSB, that was that's big time, man. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a legendary station. And, you know, I got to see Jeff, you know, when I was traveling with East Carolina football in the 90s, either ZMB or East Carolinian. You know, remember they used to do the show like right after the game. Yeah, I, th- I think they might still do that. I don't know because I don't I don't watch the show. You know, back in the day, that show was big time when you watch it on Sundays. But um, you know, those guys would rock, man. Like after the game, you know, he'd have to grab. You know, when Logan faked that field goal of Southern Miss, and he's he's grabbing you know Logan to do that show, and you know Southern Miss really had press rooms. They had like classrooms. You use the press conference and. You know, the Southern Miss fans weren't the happiest that day that we were, you know, we had beat them and, you know, they were a little rowdy down there. <laughs> Jeff and him were still doing, you know, still doing the, uh, still doing the post game show, you know, right after that. I mean, we would have to wait because, you know, we all took one plane at that time. Now, I know, I think they still probably do, but we were, everybody was on that plane, you know. First time I ever flew in my life, I flew to an ECU football guy. I had never flown in my life. I went to East Carolina and Illinois. Champaign, Illinois. We lost seven to six, I think was the score. Maybe it was real close. Seven nothing. Seven nothing. Yeah. It was seven to nothing. I mean, that was the first time I ever flew. Carolyn Justice Henson, God bless her. She held my hand the day we flew. I was scared <laughs> to fly. She held my hand till till that plane took off and Charles Blue and when they're giving me hell. But um <laughs> I got to see those, you know, I got to see those guys, you know. Um, you know, when I when I went to West West Virginia. The West Virginia game when when Logan went for two to win the game, yeah, you know, 96. up there in '96, I think it was '95 or '96. '96, yeah, yeah. When yeah, went up there to win, you know, he went up there, he went up to win it, and you know, I got to throw Jeff and me rode in the same car in Cincinnati uh, back in. Uh, we had lost to Cincinnati. We, we were staying at a hotel out by Dayton, um, going toward Dayton, Ohio, and at that time it was kind of like you know they rented cars, you know, I mean, once the plane, you know, it wasn't like they had buses. So Jeff and them rented cars, but Jeff would want to get there early. So I remember Jeff giving me like the keys to the car and said, are you driving? <laughs> you driving? So I drove, drove us over to the university of Cincinnati. And uh, I tell this story all the time. Jeff and them are doing the post game show on the field after the way. And I'm sitting there throwing football with Jeff Blake's little son who ended up being Emory. Um, I'm throwing a football with him while while they're interviewing Jeff and talking to Jeff at the game. At that time, Jeff was a, was playing for Cincinnati. Was right. was a bingo. And so, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, you know, like I said, those guys raised me. You know, I mean, that yeah. was, you know, that was, it was just, uh, it was crazy. No doubt, he's uh, he's someone that you know. Again, uh, we're gonna miss a lot, miss in the broadcast, but. Being a great friend, uh, someone you could count on, you could trust. Um, again, professionally speaking, uh, never saw him as far as having the ego, the size of Texas, or you know, he was so good. Oh my gosh, you know, with the the memory that he had, B pays of uh, you know, like what you were talking about the history of the game. I think, uh, pay, uh, excuse me, Andrew um, Bays was talking about. It's true. It's like he could remember like a game. 
1968 with coaches that were before my time, you know? Oh, yeah, no, he was a walking dictionary. He was an encyclopedia. Like, he was, yeah, 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 he definitely, uh, he definitely, he definitely was that, you know? He definitely, Jeff, Jeff gave me my first taste of Skyline Chili. <laughs> it took me to the restaurant. I never oh. had chili that way at that time. Yeah. He gave me my first taste of Skyline Chili. I, I went to a Dodger. It's crazy. These memories are coming back. The, the Reds were playing the Dodgers in a playoff game and old uh, uh, Riverfront Stadium. Oh, yeah. And me, Jeff. Steve Gowan, some of the male cheerleaders at the time, Ben Smith, uh, uh, who else was on? Brian Barber, I think it was a bunch of us. We went to the Cincinnati Reds uh, Dodgers game, got like some cheap seats in the upper level in the back, and, and we went to the we went to the game the Friday night before the game. That is really cool. Yeah, I remember one thing, guys. Uh, this is a, I don't know, this was late 90s when I was doing the radio show, uh, Coach Logan's show, and Jeff would be on it. One of the things I found out about Jeff is he liked uh, the candy, not the drink, the candy fireballs. So I bought him some fireballs, and he kind of felt bad about it that I bought it for him. But um, he used to love fireballs like the candy. Uh, I do remember that was, the, she was talking about memories. That's another memory that just popped in my head um, that he like, you, you, got, you got the old big round container of fireballs. <laughs> yeah. Not that big one, but like a whole like paper bag. Full okay. Got you. That. So, but I thought that was cool. Like he had like, uh, I know like he loved uh, like different types of music, which was really cool. He was. Very- oh yeah. His, his musical. T- I'm telling yeah. you like when he would pick my brain about some of the musical formats that I was working at or, or consulting, it, it, it was, it was crazy. It was, I remember telling me, you know, when I had the station in Greenville, he's like, Hey, I like when you play them funk records. <laughs> <laughs> he's like George Clinton, all those guys. Yeah. I like when you play those records. I was like, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And that, you know, he could talk about like country music. He could talk about just like you were talking about uh, the hip hop or different things. And that was like really, um, like wow, like Jeff Charles, like you maybe like think about maybe he's rock or he's certain that, but he, I love, I appreciate the fact that I'm probably one of the only guys that you know pays that will listen to some Snoop Dogg back in the day, followed by some George Jones. You know, I'm probably that. <laughs> not many people, could, not many people could do that, but uh, I appreciate the fact that he had an eclectic taste of music and uh, George, George and or, uh, Snoop and Willie go good together. Well, that's actually, by the way, Pace, that is actually a concert. I wish I had the money to promote. Um, can you imagine that? Like <laughs> Willie um, and Snoop. Oh, I think it would be legendary. I, it would work. That's a, that's a show. Would, they they did be, a song it, together. They did a duet together called Roll Me Up and Smoke Me When I Die. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. As somebody that has been around venues before in my life, I've of, of, uh, uh, been in L.A. for the BET Awards, the Grammys, and been to a couple Snoop parties. Yes, it's very much up in smoke. <laughs> it's very much up in smoke around Snoop. I will tell you this about Willie. He actually did a show in uh, Roanoke Rapids. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, you always heard those stories about Willie. Well, I was not too far from the bus. <laughs> that door yeah. opened up. And let's just say that uh, I got firsthand that that is uh, a true statement back in uh, 2007. Oh, yeah. They tried to bust him in Canisville. They ended up getting his band, Willie, one on the bus. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Those guys, it's crazy. But that it takes me back to that when we were doing y'all had when y'all had Jeff talking about the wrestling stuff. He was on a mission, and, and he's like, "We got a cannabis." What he's like, he, "We got a sponsor. cannabis uh, sponsor," and then he yeah. went into it. I was like, oh, "Okay." I think I was texting Bubba. I'm starting to call uh, starting to call Jeff nothing but a G thing the rest of the night. I think Bubba was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, was, I, yeah well, I, awesome. I think Jeff, Jeff, you know, I don't know where he stood on it prior to cancer, but I think, you know, it, it gives you entirely different perspective on that kind of thing when you, you know, particularly with his mistletoe therapy, uh, obviously very open to, to, um, alternative treatments and healing. And, uh, so it doesn't surprise me really much at all when you really think about it, that he was very open-minded towards cannabis use. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think Jeff did, you know, we talked about this. I think Jeff did a lot. Of, I think Medor mentioned this yesterday when his wife died. Like, the first person that came over yep. was, uh, was Jeff. And, yeah, uh, you know, that told and, me that Friday night that Jeff was managed to be at his house two hours later. Yep. And, uh, you know, those are, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, he impacted, a, you know, he impacted a, a lot of folks. Uh, uh, reached out to a former, uh, you know, former coach when he passed away on Friday and, uh, and, and spoke to him and, you know, and let him know what was happening. And you know, he was, you know, he was kind of speechless. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's been that way for a lot of folks, including I work at the hospital. A lot of people asking me, are you okay? Are you okay? Uh, your friend, Jeff Charles passed away. And I said, it's really hard. I, I, I'm, I was still feel like I'm in shock. Like it's not, you know, at some point I'll, it doesn't feel real. Um, but I guess that's part of the, we talk about the grieving process pays. Yeah. You, yeah. You just don't, like I said, you just, <clears throat> I don't want to say you get numb to this because that is just, you know, um, you don't, yeah, it, it's, it's just one of those, it's just one of those things. And, uh, you know, that, you know, we see celebrities, know pass away you know i was numb when kobe passed away because i have a daughter you know oh yeah and, you know we, you know when we see you know, see some of the celebrity situations but you know when it, you know it comes to personal you know situations like that and you know you work with folks and you know i've i've had some radio folks like i said in the last three or four years and i've probably lost more uh radio folks in the last you know three or four years than i've I care to, you know, to care to have this happen, but this one just hit different, <laughs> you know, it just, yeah. it just, it just hit different because I think just because of, you know, who he was and what he, you know, what he's meant and, you know, it's not going to be, you know, clip did a great job with this yesterday. It's never going to be the same. You know, huh. it's never going to be the same listening. You know, we're, we're probably going to get somebody that's going to be good, but it's just, it's never, it's never going to be, you know, it's never going to be the same, you know, and I say this, you know, with, uh, you know, how much I love hip hop and how much I love music. When Tupac and Biggie died, to me, music was never, hip hop was never the same for me. I'm still going to love it and still, right. you know, do what I do with it, but it was never it was never the same again. And that's how it was with Jeff. It just, it just won't be. No, no doubt. And before we let you go, Pays, I appreciate your time tonight, my friend, as always. And 
uh pays actually i had already fallen asleep he reached out to me friday night i appreciate you so and, much and thanks for uh, kyle messaged me too i was uh i appreciate that kyle i was um no problem actually out on my way to an event that i had i host on friday nights up here and uh i was on i was on my way there i was kind of getting myself together before i went but um yeah i appreciate that kyle no problem uh wanted to ask you before we let you go about how do you feel like the right thing to do how to honor uh jeff as far as there's a lot of things floating out there what would you do uh i would have his logo or the voice just put the void the voice would be on Minji's court and dowdy field estate on the field someplace spot. i mean i think you know i think i think i think you know a statue is great yeah. um but i you know i think that'll you know that'll be but i think of, of, of putting that logo or putting that on the floor or on the stadium at all times, I think would be um, something that, you know, there's nobody. Well, what, 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 about, what about a big logo on the press box, the Jeff Charles press box at Donnie Bigham stadium? Oh yeah. I think, I think that's absolutely, you know, I think that's absolute. I mean, I think that um, the room that they do the show from should be the Jeff Charles like studio studio. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I truly, I truly believe that. So, that, I mean, that room, you know, will never be the same, but I think, you know, I think you'd have to you know, name that room, uh, you know, the Jeff Charles Boot studio, you know, whatever they're calling it, you know, up there. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, crazy. And, you know, I'll say one final thing about Jeff through all the, book, you know, I could say it on all the bullshit that happened with, Comfort, Diesel Staten, and you know the down years we had with Mo and Thompson, and and that, that Jeff never wavered, never wavered. He was always the same person on the air. I had a great radio person tell me this long time ago, um, and when I first started my career, he said, "You never." let folks know what's going behind the curtain when you open the curtain. Hmm. And I'm telling you, that's what Jeff was, man. You know, he was shit. We were 0 and 11 calling that game. Like we t 11 and one, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. we're so much behind us, you know, behind the stuff, foolishness going on. Never, you never heard from Jeff. And I said, the only time I ever saw Jeff a little upset <laughs> Put some copper fire rough. Yeah. That's the only time I ever saw him show a tad bit of emotion about a business decision that was happening in East Carolina in public. I'm sure behind the scenes, we all I'm sure behind the scenes, you know, Jeff might have, you know, went home and you know and, and under his breath, uh Dev might have might have talked a little junk about comfort. We you know, <laughs> but wow. as a public person who represented the university, never ever did it. And that was, uh, yeah, that's tough, uh, tough to think about. I remember one final thing. Uh, it, it just reminded me of a, a recent a memory I had of Jeff as he and I were talking and we were talking about, I said, Jeff, have you ever seen this happen before? Literally, you, you uh, literally have an athletic director hired and John Gilbert. And the very next day you have a press conference hiring a football coach. He said, Dave, you're right. I, I can't think that, you know, I can't think of any time. And we were, just talking about that and how those kind of things just don't happen. 
you know, like for those things and just uh, he just picking his brain was great because he could say, oh, yeah, Dave, I remember back in 1978, this happened or 1995, this happened. Uh, but the fact that when I when he said, you're right, I can't think that doesn't happen. So um, but anyway, Pays, man, appreciate your brother very much for coming. Oh, on. absolutely. I appreciate you. Oh, I'm not. I know I need to get my schedule straight. Hey, listen, I got a, I got an eight year old daughter. <laughs> I, got, I got this radio station here in Raleigh and, and they got me on the national. Uh, I'm on the national panel now with iHeart for this format. So they are, we've had some success up here. So I'm, I'm kind of monitoring some other markets. And, um, so yeah, there it's, it's, it's not for the weary right now, but, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, I'm always going to talk East Carolina. It don't matter. You know, I'm always going to go listen to the college shows, be on the podcast when y'all are done, because that's, that's, uh, that's relief for me. (laughs) You know, that's, that's my time. So. Kyle, no keep you in my prayers too, buddy. I appreciate it. Do. Appreciate it, Paige, man. I yeah, always I do. do. Thanks, I man. Always do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always do. Thank you. All right. Take care, man. Have a good night. All right. Y'all take care. See you later. All right. Uh, appreciate uh, Pays. B Pays is the man. We appreciate him. He's always been very good to me. And, you know, we're like Z and B brothers. So um, that's where we cut our teeth. You know, he was doing sports. I was doing. You know, just straight up, uh, literally, I would love to have done sports with him, um, that he's so good. But I, I concentrated just mo- mostly, on, mostly on the on-air stuff. So I appreciate him very much coming on to remember the voice. Guys, uh, do you have anything before we go? We're going to promote. Obviously, we have more than just one tribute show. We couldn't do the yeah. justice. Uh, I'll, I'll just, you know, quote I, quote I stumbled upon. Uh, uh, Friday night, um, I, I changed it slightly. The quote is, you know, it's from the Sandlot. It's heroes are remembered, but legends never die. I, I kind of changed it. The heroes are remembered, and legends and legends never die. Rather, rather than the, you know, but, but anyway, I, that was a quote that came to mind. Heroes, heroes, heroes are remembered, and legends never die. And Jeff was a hero and a legend. And as it says here on the screen, legends never die. And uh, uh, you know, Jeff's memory will be, will, 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 will be never, you know, his, his calls, you know, they'll live on forever in archive. Um, there's not a pirate out there that Jeff Charles didn't impact. Um, we, we all have our favorite Jeff Charles moments. And there was a lot of us that he impacted personally. Like I said, me with my cancer, with my cancer battle. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people have stories like that about Jeff that are, that are going to be coming out in the coming days. And uh, I'm hoping we have a memorial service after the family, you know, has their funeral for Jeff and the time is right. I'm hoping we have a memorial service. Don't need to wait too long on it, but uh, maybe in the next couple of weeks at uh, at Menji's or, you know, baseball stadium will probably be at use. So Menji's are either Dowdy Ficklin. I hope that's done for Pirate Nation. Yeah, that's something that John Gilbert uh, addressed in his letter from the helm uh, yesterday, um, Monday the 13th, just saying that uh, at this time, support the family. News today did break. um, Pirate Radio reported that private, uh, friends and family only, uh, invite only, uh, memorial service would be conducted this weekend, and that – a celebration of life, much like we had for Coach LeClaire, would be held in the 
the near future at uh, I would guess Minji's Coliseum, but uh, the date and location, time, all that stuff is to be determined. So stay tuned to uh, to ECU Athletics on Twitter, ECUPirates.com, as well as um, you know when we hear something, we'll put it out there. So uh, anybody that's able to attend and wants to can do so. No doubt, and uh, we appreciate all the people coming on tonight. Appreciate it. We had a big audience. Thank you so much, as always, uh, for honoring Jeff. And I'm sorry we were going to do a lot of the comments, but uh, with so many guests, it's been really difficult to do. But thank you for your patience on that. And, uh, Bubba, before we go, we obviously have part two and maybe more because we have so many people that Jeff impacted that they want to come on and pay tribute to him. So part two of Remembering the Voice, a tribute to Jeff Charles, is coming up. Uh, very soon and I know we've got a few guests already lined up we do um first of all appreciate Stan Cotton play-by-play voice of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons Steve Cotton the play-by-play voice of the Marshall Thundering Herd and then of course um Kevin Monroe and Andrew Bays color analyst on the, the Pirate Sports Network alongside Jeff and then um also um B Pays who just left the program a moment ago but uh Last night, you and I had the opportunity to, to catch up with Pete Medhurst. Uh, so we'll have that conversation um, of about 25 minutes, and uh, we'll pair that with a conversation that I had earlier today uh, with former East Carolina strength and conditioning coach Jeff Connors. And uh, we'll have that on part two of, um, of re- remembering the voice uh, and a tribute to Jeff Charles and uh, as well as sharing a lot of our memories um there there are so many um you know going back to my childhood when i was seven and eight years old attending games in the old Minji's coliseum um several years before the renovation as well as um an experience i had up, up in pittsburgh at old pitt stadium um pretty um, neat story and experience I had uh, to get to interact with Jeff some the, the day before the Pirates and the Panthers played back in 1989. What a great one. Uh, we're going to miss the voice, but I'm glad that we have his legend lives on. And uh, we appreciate you being a part of remembering the voice a tribute to Jeff Charles. And I just want to say, guys, we're going to paint this show purple tonight in honor of Jeff. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for all the great guests. Thanks for great all the fans of Pirate Nation and beyond. Thank you, Kyle and Bubba. Good night, everybody. And we'll paint this one purple. <laughs>